It is uh, Nikki Collin in her appearance on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, Nikki, I was very, I was very perturbed because I mean that's kind of exciting for me when y'all come over to the hilltop, and um, that's a pretty fun game to attend. And of course, I the Cowboys had to be playing on a Thursday night, right? And so I was just like, this is this is not very good luck. But what I did like is I was kind of I was going back and I was kind of monitoring things last night live, but then really got to see everything this morning. Um, pretty cool Dallas Baylor crowd, and I don't exactly think that was a a huge home court advantage for SMU because the a lot of the Bears fans were not only there but seemed to be, from what I could tell, pretty close to the court. Um, did you uh, did you kind of notice that as well? Oh my gosh, I um, you know was kind of back, just quite frankly, sipping on tea, um, and when I when I came out. Um, maybe at about the 11 minute mark everyone started cheering and i was just like blown away um incredible um and you know they 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 the first two years i've been here the the baylor people have been on our tcu games and it, it's felt like a home game when we've been at tcu as well but i think the nature of how moody is at smu they're they're right there, and so I know it was a red out for them, but it really looked like a green and gold out. Um, <laughs> you know, we were in white, and it just felt like we were playing at home. So, crowd was in- incredible, um, really all night. Yeah, and um, it was funny. I was getting pictures from friends of mine that have friends on your team, and and so it just seemed like a fun night because Dallas has so many Baylor alums, uh, obviously. Um, it's uh, I'm trying to think what all's happened since we've last talked. Um, it's I kind of want to focus though on last night's game. I as I've been watching this and looking at the at the uh, um, you know a little bit of tape. The uh, I, I just can't get over like I mean first of all it was a nice win and, and it was kind of like even after those runs they would make you'd answer them. They made one. Uh, late in the second quarter to kind of get back in it after you'd taken a 10-point lead. Um, you know, they there, there was just some good things, though. Yaya is like, and I know we've talked about her speed and her being incredibly fast getting the ball up the court, but I don't think I quite had an appreciation for, I mean, her passing ability and some of those passes she was making uh, you know, even in the first quarter, it stands out in my mind. I mean, it, it just, um, it's, that's hard to, I mean, you know, there's kind of a sixth sense that she has. And she's, again, Baylor's had some unbelievable players, but from a, from a, just an instinct in passing, I mean, that's, first of all, it's fun to watch, but uh, that's got to be great as a coach to not only be able to run stuff, but have her thread the needle on those kind of plays is, uh, I would think that's pretty enjoyable for, for you to see over there. Yeah, she's special. I think it's, um, you know, and she's growing up. I mean, you, you I'm not saying that, that people don't understand this, but coming from, you know, she was probably under-recruited um, coming out of high school because of COVID um, and being in Connecticut. Um, but, you know, to, to, 
to take over 20 shots a game, you know, a year ago at Ohio and to play 21 minutes last night and take three shots. You know, it, it's learning. Um, she can go score. And, and so this maturation process that's happening on the offensive side of the ball where, you know, you take what the defense gives you, you don't force things, um, you know, really getting our players to understand playing for the next action, you know, 27 assists on 33 baskets. But she does. She, she really ignited us. I thought we weren't – we knew our depth could wear them down, and I don't think we played fast enough to start the game. And I thought she she changed that. Um, and I think then as the game went along, everyone just played faster and faster and faster um, because we were having success and and SMU got tired. And so you, you may not get that rim run in the first quarter, but you, you're going to wear your opponent down if you're consistently pushing it and you're consistently running to the rim and running wide on the wings. And so, you know, I, I thought it was paying off particularly in the third quarter when we started to extend the lead. Um, and and so I, I, I thought she was a big part of that. You know, when you look down, and you're like, oh, wow, she only had seven points. But I, she really did impact the game. I think for Yaya, um, you know, it, it, it's the defensive side of the ball. That, that's her. She's getting better on offense. It's very natural for her. And she's, she's so great um, to have because she's so coachable. She wants to be great. Um, you know, it's just it's kind of the focus, the game plan focus, the personnel focus, the you know, we're 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 gonna teach her to be a pro. Like I think this kid can be a pro someday. Um, but you gotta understand pin down defense and you gotta understand who you're guarding and what their strengths are and you know, you, you gotta stay dialed in sometimes for twenty to twenty five seconds on a possession. And she has all the physical tools, so it comes down to the discipline, the like, you know, just kind of staying in a stance and keeping her head on a swivel and anticipating screens and not being blindsided by screens, things like that, you know, I think. Um, but when she gets that side of the ball, like, she she has, like, all-American potential. Yeah, it, it's, um, it really is kind of – it's fun to watch everybody and, you know, these new players, you kind of get to know them. I mean, I, I think – who was that? Was that was that Yaya that made that pass in the first half into uh, Bartley? I mean, it was like a – half court just whips it in there and i mean it's just kind of like dang i mean that, that's just there's just kind of some uh some uh, kind of uncommon things that you're that you know that we're we're seeing um what and i thought that was funny that early on in the game they said this is the first time this is the biggest deficit baylor's faced all year and it was like 10-6 i thought okay this is not <laughs> seems a little odd to to really be making a big deal out of this but you all kind of got that going. Um, you y'all y'all go on these runs and kind of waves, and and I think you know you're going to be able to put away teams at times. Dre gets off to. I mean, like it's interesting how y'all start. It's not necessarily who is the hottest player early that's going to have the huge night for you, but like I have yeah. noticed that Dre early. I mean, she's just kind of. And I don't know if that. There's a calming effect on the team or whatever, but she's going to go in there and get a couple of easy buckets just because she operates so well. And then you'll go through a stretch like Dariana will just take over a game. Like either she's, either she's, you know, like offensive rebounds or scoring down there. I mean, it is kind of 
interesting to – I mean, do you get that sense during games that, hey, if we – there's a wave that's about to hit and we might be able to, to bury the other team here? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sometimes finding the right com- combination um, in the mm. right moment, and sometimes combinations are thrust, you know, kind of on you. Sarah being in foul trouble last night, you know, kind of changed our rotation to some degree. It was a big part of why Yaya got extended minutes early, you know, and, and, and that wasn't a bad thing for us. Not that Sarah wasn't playing well, just, you know, that, you know, Sarah's going to be a mainstay for us. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, Bella might arguably have been our most consistent player this whole season, you know, and what she's bringing off the bench, scoring, rebounding, energy. The energy is the big piece of that. You know, I just I think she's been super consistent, and I think our level rose when she came in. You know, and I, and I think you know that people ask me, okay, as you turn the page from no- November to December, like, what are the areas that you still need to improve in? You know, there's there's no doubt that I'm a perfectionist, and I think we missed opportunities to, you know, we assisted on 27 of our 33 baskets, but I thought like we missed opportunities to make the one more pass. Um, on multiple occasions, especially in the second quarter against the zone, and really wanting them to see that and to, like, own the unselfish concept, you know. I mean, we've had six games, and we've had six different leading scores in those games, which just shows you um, kind of what our depth can look like, you know. And, and Yaya is going to have a 20-point game, and, and Danae could easily have a 15-point game, um against certain opponents. And so I I think we can score a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's about finding the right mix against the opponent and and kind of what's working. Um, I mean, SMU threw everything but the kitchen sink at us last night. I mean, I I, I will say this is we've seen triangle in two because Iowa State has played us some triangle in two the last two years, but I wasn't anticipating that. You know, um, last night they had they had shown a little bit against Colorado of, of some junk mm. stuff, some box and one, some triangle and two, but they they kind of used that in the the third quarter. And I thought, you know, we we just when I got them just to slow. I think I probably overcoached to start the game. You know, thinking we're our first road trip. You know, and I, I think as the game went along, I'm I'm learning this team. Sometimes, like the simpler, the better. You know, and just getting into our continuity ball screen action, they just they couldn't guard it. So if we played with pace and flowed into ball screen action, we were getting the corner turn. We were rolling behind. We were, you know, getting just about anything we wanted. Um, you know, and, and our defense got better as the game went along. We just weren't dialed in game plan defense to start. And so I think that's a huge area of growth for us because we don't want to put ourselves in a 10-6 hole because we guard the first three plays the wrong way, and we've spent two days prepping for those exact plays, um, you know, those are frustrating moments for coaches, you know. So we have to be more dialed in to, like, here's what we're willing to give up. Here's what we're going to take away. But, you know, we, we guarded their horn stuff wrong, like, three straight times, and they hit three threes and got an open layup. And and so, you know, we, we just have to be better. You know, we have to be better in those situations because – you know, 10-6 may not have affected us last night. And I do think, like you said, we have the ability um, to go on runs. I've always said against OU, um, when you play them, you know, that, that they can get down double figures and it just doesn't phase them because they know they have a run in them. Um, do I believe that this team can be like that? That Yes, but I, I'm not I'm not that coach. <laughs> you know, I'm not the coach mm. that's, like, waiting for the wave. I'm like, 
I want to be good on defense and then we'll create our ways, you know? And so I know it may be coming because I'm, I'm slowly and sure, surely learning what this team is truly capable of, but it doesn't make me less disappointed when we make the mistakes that we've, you know, been working on to not make. You know, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show, you've already had some huge deficit games. I mean, I it was kind of it's kind of funny to me. I was looking at one of those scores. I'd watched some of it, uh, but things kind of got out of hand. I think y'all scored like 124 points. I mean, one a bit of an issue is like there's no there's. I mean, your team kind of goes now what 10, 11, 12 deep, so it's a little bit hard to call off the dog, so to speak. Uh, is yeah. that how do you how do you handle those situations? Because you're like wanting to, you know, everybody who's playing obviously could could help you this year. I mean, you don't want to tell them to stop shooting. What's your what's your philosophy on that? But when you get up by fifty or sixty, I can't say I have a ton of experience at it. Um, <laughs> so I know I know it was that way against McNeese, but what I what I also think is, you know, you, you compare McNeese and and Alcorn, and like Alcorn controlled tempo at the offensive end. They minimized possession. So, yes, we scored a bunch of points, but they also um, controlled, ran 20 seconds of clock, 25 seconds of clock on every possession. Um, uh-huh. And so that was their way of like driving the score down um, because there were just fewer possessions, but McNeese shot it. I mean, if they're going to shoot it fast, you know, I mean, we, and, you know, I've, I've, I've said this before, it is way more stressful in games like that for me to, like, be trying to shuffle, constantly shuffle lineups, get people minutes, try to reward people um, because you don't always get the, the ability to play all 13 players in a game, you know, but you, I spend more time looking at the box score to look at the minutes, you know, and, and, and you want to get certain players whether they're starters or bench who like, man, maybe they're, they're one for five and you want to get them going and give them an opportunity to get going a little bit. But then you also, you know, want to reward the kids that, that may not play in the next game because of the matchup. And so I just, those, those games actually stress me out way more um, <laughs> in some ways than, than at SMU where all of a sudden I looked up at the scoreboard and thought, Oh, how, how did we get up 29? You know, like we, we, you know, hit that point where it it just like it went rolled downhill quickly, and so yeah, I mean, I, I think you what I told them even last night we had a seventeen point lead going into the fourth, and I said, look, we're not going to take the our foot off the pedal like they've made runs at us anyway, but we don't have any reason to take a bad shot, like we have no reason. We want to play fast, but like, hey, if we don't have numbers, if we don't have a layup, if we don't have a drive, kick out, open three, like, let's run offense because we can get anything we want out of our offense. At the same time, I am not saying stall. Like, we're not in stall mode, and I never want to be in a stall mode. Like, I think there's times to control clock um, in fourth quarters. I think there's times when you're up eight against a good opponent to get into horns and get your best three players in the tunnel and, and allow them to make the decisions and to control who, where, when, you know. And then there are times when I think you, the more you move the ball, the more you're going to get to something, um, you know. So it's kind of feeling the game out even to what's worked and, and 
you know, what kind of ball pressure are we getting and, and things like that. So I just thought we got comfortable uh, regardless of what they ran last night. Last night was a game where we got comfortable, and that's what this team is, is you know, like beginning to do is, is get comfortable finding each other and, and making plays at the end of quarters. And, you know, just that that's the big thing. Yeah, well, 13th in the country now. Um, I know Baylor is like a one of only maybe one uh, or two schools that have both programs in the top 15, and that's pretty that's pretty incredible, honestly. But um, uh, you, you got to keep it going. And Sunday, of course, Oregon comes in. Um, man, that's uh, this Sunday in some ways is a highlight. Um, for women's basketball, and there's some huge games coming up. Uh, you know, it, it's um, it's it's. I mean, that's a game that you hope to get a, a nice crowd. What are you uh, What are you preparing for uh, from from Oregon, a team that uh, certainly, as I can recall, has. I mean, obviously, I can think of one like brilliant player they've had that's still in the WNBA. But who? Who? Uh, what stands out about this team as you uh, as you start to prepare for that game? Yeah, certainly Kelly Gray's got it rolling there with Sabrina Ionescu and and Satu Sabali. Yeah. Like they might have been the favorites to win the championship in in 2020 had the season not gotten called off. I'm sure I'm sure Baylor fans would argue that that Baylor was a favorite that year as well, and and, and I think they were, you know. But I think that's how good that Oregon team was. I, I drafted uh, Maite Cazorla off that team when I was with the Dream. And so, you know, Kelly has always been a coach that's been good at teaching ball screen offense, like really when to twist, when to roll, when to pop. Like, you know, they he may not use a lot of pro terms, but, like, his players were ready for the pros because um, I had, as a rookie, you know, one of his, his, his players. And Sabrina's obviously shown – that she knows how to run a team in, in the W. And so, um, you know, they've signed some good recruiting classes, but they've also had some kids leave and and go into the portal. And so I think the unique thing about their team, they have huge size inside because they have a couple six seven kids, but their their strength is their two sophomores, Chance Gray and Grace Van Sluten, both Ohio kids um, that had great fresh freshman years last year. And, and now are kind of the, their leaders offensively. But I think their challenge has been the two kids they lost in the portal, India Rogers, who's a Dallas area kid, Bishop Lynch, um, who's at A&M, and um, Tahina Pow Pow, who's starting at South Carolina. Last year they were a little like us in terms of playing three small guards, but all of them could really play in ball screens. All of them could score. All of them could get in the lane and, and kick and assist. Um, and so they, they just don't have – now they only have one of those three guards. And so a little bit different in terms of their playmaking ability. They go big, will look really, really small on Sunday. Um, they're going to play sometimes 6-3 at the 3 and 6-7 at the 4 and 6-7 at the 5. Uh, when they do that, they've got to play zone, you know. So, you know, we've got to play fast and we've got to, got to get in gaps and make those bigs move their feet and – you know, but but so you know, I still think they're they're dangerous, and and what I love is we're going to see something different. We're going to see size like that we won't see until we play Texas, um, and maybe not that size against Texas, but still like that. Texas is a big, strong interior presence type team, um, so I think they're all like rewarding experiences as we you know kind of go through non-conference and face different type opponents. But are we going to see a lot of two-three, some three-two? 
zone, a little three-quarter court press just to, to kind of kill time. You know, but it's going to be our interior defense and our ability to guard those, you know, two key sophomores. I think I think they have good players. I just think in a day and age where people are winning with, with veterans, you know, they, they play two freshmen, two sophomore, and like one junior, you know, the, the bulk of their minutes. And so that's tough, you know. I mean, last year when I was playing two freshmen a lot, they still were playing along two fifth-year seniors, Sarah, Jaden, you know, like they were playing alongside um, players with a lot of experience, a lot of minutes. And so when your sophomores are your, your go-to and they're your leaders and, um, you know, it, it, it can be a bit of a challenge at times, but they're, they're good. They're good. They're, they're coming off a loss to Portland, um, you know, but, but I just, I think they, they're going to start to figure it out as the season goes along. Yeah, I hope it's not Sunday, but the Bears uh, will uh, will take take the fight to them. And then, uh, uh, I not that you need me out recruiting, but you made me think of something because Andy and that program at Bishop Lynch, I've kind of known for a long time. And uh, there's this is probably maybe already on your radar, but their starting point guard at at uh, at Bishop Lynch is a Baylor legacy who like would kill to play for you. So anyway. <laughs> Wow. Let's, okay. let's just keep, okay. Yeah, let's let's keep our eye at Bishop Lynch. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, India India was a player who, you know, it, it's like timing wise. You know, we we would have loved to have, have talked to and um, in the portal, but you know, we had kind of already made moves before. She really wasn't sure if she was gonna um, enter her name in the draft or come back. And if she was coming back, was she staying at Oregon? Was she going to go into the portal? So her, her process was just later. And we had, we had already, you know, made, we had already gotten Jada. We had already gotten Yaya and felt really good about that. But India Rogers is a great, great player. Um, when we scrimmaged Texas A&M, she smoked us pretty good. So <laughs> now that we all know we scrimmaged Texas A&M, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. One of the bigger secrets uh, we've ever had here. I just could <laughs> not, could not crack. <laughs> well, um, hey, great to catch up, and uh, I will, uh, I will be, we'll be in touch, and, and uh, good luck in the good luck Sunday, and uh, that'll be um, that'll be a fun one. Cowboys aren't playing, so I can just get zero in on yeah, that. Let's, but no, uh, I mean. Yeah, they've got their win out of the week. I heard. I heard it wasn't like their best game, but they won. One of those that you're, you're just happy that you won. Yeah, you're going to have a few of those, and they did make it out, 41-35, and everybody's healthy, and now they can sit back and watch the Eagles and 49ers on Sunday. But first, it'll be uh, the Bears and the Ducks, and uh, we'll all watch That's that. Right. Thank it's you, Nikki. Always up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Th- appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. You bet. There she goes. Nikki Collin, the Baylor women's basketball coach. Uh, always love having her on as they get ready to play Oregon at 1 o'clock at the Farrell Center. You only have a few moments, a few games left at the Farrell Center. Take advantage of that. Should be a great crowd out there. All right. It is uh, uh, time uh, for a little uh, – uh, oh, we'll, we'll do some uh, NFL blitz, and we'll do it next. <laughs> 